Hounds, a tailored combination of barbering and hairdressing techniques within exquisite creative space in Southsea, brought to life by art and music. Hounds ethos is by combining friendly customer service with a passion for providing an enjoyable hair experience, people will want to come back time and time again. Find us on Facebook at Hounds Barbers or on Instagram at Hounds underscore Barbers. For more information, try the website houndsbarbers.com. Come and get a haircut, snippity snip. Clippity clip. <laughs> they have to wait for me to finish my snip. Hello. Hello. Are you awake? I'm awake. You sure? I'm not, you can't hear me though, can you? Oh, there you go. There you go. I just turned you up there. You got all confused then, didn't you? I was like, I can hear myself, but I can't hear myself, but I can hear myself. What's but, going on? I was going to see you. And you've been together. up. You've been up since two, you? Yeah, or something oh, silly. Oh, horrendous. Doing breakfast, breakfast yeah. radio? Yes. It's been fun. Still, <laughs> You've been a busy work. boy this oh, week. It's been a long, Seeing long you week. here, there and everywhere. Yeah. I find my weeks go so fast. I said that to Chris. Uh, the I other think day. it's because we're old. Yeah, and it's just disappearing. It's the end of January already. I'm glad about that. I'm not a January fan. Then, no, not at all. Don't like it. Uh, Don't like coming, it. No, then we come into February. Yes, all right. I like spring. I don't know. I quite Spring's like. Right. I like December. <laughs> I like, welcome to the She Made Me Do It podcast, anyway. <laughs> December start, is my favourite. Is it? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love yeah. it. You know I love Christmas. Yeah, I like the yeah, right. we'll You love Christmas. love Christmas. We talk about Christmas every podcast. Love it. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. I it's haven't got any year. holidays booked at all, so maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe I should like think about actually booking a holiday, thank you. Because last yeah. year I had so much. Now I've got nothing. nothing. Yeah, but you, you were always away. You only went for the short breaks, though, didn't you? you didn't go for I know. Long I haven't been away for long breaks. So I get—I don't know. I just get—I want to go and do lots of things. And I feel like I want to. I'd like to do like a couple of days in Paris this year. Yeah. Because I've been to Paris so many times when I was younger, but for different reasons. I think now enjoy I want to chill it, chill, chill Paris. Yeah. Just have a quick mooch around. Chill, mooch. Yeah, I'm not, not interested. In, I'm not interested in shopping anymore. This is really bad because our podcast today, <laughs> <laughs> our podcast today mm. is. With our deputy leader, deputy yeah. leader, Councillor Stephen Pitt, yeah. who has been a friend of ours for many years, mm. before we've known him a long, 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 long time before he ever even got into politics. Yeah. So this is going to be quite a good one for us because um, we know about him. Mm. We know all about him. No, every d- we detail. We know every, all his secrets. All no. his bits and bobs. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's obviously, he's changed roles from pub landlord to mm. councillor. And deputy now leader. deputy leader of yeah. the council. So, and this week in Portsmouth, it's been quite a sad week because mm. one of our big superstores is shutting down, and then also down the road in Chichester, another one shutting down this weekend. House of Fraser shuts down this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that. it's and it's we're talking about how the high street is changing from shopping online to shopping in the high street. But I want to talk about that at the moment. We'll talk about it when he's here because I think it's going to be a really good, good one. And we're moving his podcast up to this week, to obviously to now. You're listening to it, so yeah. So um, yeah. he's jumped. He's jumped ahead. He's jumped he? ahead because I think it's, it's quite important to yeah to have this debate of what's going on. Well, but we'll I, talk but, about uh, it when he's yeah. We we both come from a retail background. Do I? Yeah, because yeah, you do <laughs> markets. You do markets, <laughs> don't you? Oh, yeah. See. I've even got to explain to oh, her what yeah, she does. Oh, yeah, that's what I do, yeah. Yeah. I think it's different. I think a market is different mm. to a shop. Right. One, it's fun. <laughs> Two, Choose your we're hours. in and out. Yeah. We're in and out like ninjas. We come yeah. in, we have a mass party and we go again. We bring right. luxury food. We bring brilliant quality Maker's gifts. Okay. So if we can reap, I don't know. I think we need to talk about it when he's here. No, right. I think we should stop that. Stop talking. Stop talking. Let's talk about holidays. Holidays. So where do you want to go? Apart I want Paris. to go to Paris. I want to go to Berlin. So that's two again. Berlin, I've never mm. done. So that will be. I need to get my Nike Airs on mm-hmm. and walk the lot. Right. So I'll have to be match fit for that one. Yeah. And Paris, I think I want to go, but I want to go just for the chill mm-hmm. and look at the beautiful buildings. I don't mind shopping if I'm abroad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about it again. You go on holidays. You know, you mentioned about when you? you when you go away. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind that. Why? Because I think it's a bit of a part of a laugh, isn't it? Because you try and talk the lingo and all the rest of it. And so when you're abroad, do you try and say at least like three different phrases or something like that? Well, learn it? last time I went it was New York, wasn't it? So I was like New York, sidewalk. Oh, yeah. cool. I didn't um, do any shopping except for Tiffany. 
Oh, this is still wet. So I went to New York and didn't shop. Mm. You're not I'm not. I'm not. No. It's not my thing anymore. No. Oh well. No, I'd, I'd when I go abroad, you know, apart from chilling out. If what? Where would in. you go? What sort of stuff? Well, if you do go you to Paris, have? you'd have a walk. Oh yeah, shops. yeah. But then you have got Chanel, you got Dior, you got hmm. Don, you've got all the amazing places which I don't have the money for. So I'm no. basically walking in, looking at it, dribbling, and then walking back out again. I could walk, do the French thing, just walking. Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this and is shit. Yeah, this to, Dior yeah. handbag. <laughs> Nine million pounds. I'm saying that I've got a Dior handbag for sale if anyone wants one. <laughs> Contact. Uh, she made me do a podcast at gmail.com. Where do you sell this sort of stuff? I want a new kitchen. I'm starting to sell off my shiz. <laughs> <laughs> and so, a van. Yeah, so if you want to buy something. A V-dub. Really yeah. lovely, beautiful, mm. beautiful van that's just basically my portable storage unit outside the house, front of the house. I want to sell that too. I've been moaning mm. about selling this van for years. I need to sell it. I was down with your way uh, you? yesterday. Were you? Why? Down by Albert Road. Oh yeah, what were you doing? I was coming out there. Well, I was going to go dice. Some, I was going <laughs> to. No, I want to. I went to. Um, I had to drop some things off to um, a client. <laughs> to a geezer. That sounds well bad. <laughs> to a geezer, and then this cyclist came out of nowhere. Oh, no. and went straight into my side of my car, <sighs> and then he started kicking it. <laughs> I was like, "What's your game?" Was he was? a road? Was he road boy? He was uh, road man. So was, I call him. No, he wasn't. He wasn't anything after I tried to chase him up the road. Oh, it's so stupid. It was just, like, what are you doing? I have a real issue about my road. Yeah. Right, I live in a road off a main road, mm. and you don't have to come down my road. No. But loads of people do come down my road, so I am so angry when someone drives down my road. <laughs> so angry. One, again, when um, Councillor Pitt, when Councillor Pitt's here, mm-hmm. we can make out we've got letters sent in. And lie to him. And, lie, and say like, oh, Mrs. Jones wants to know yeah. when you're going to bring in street parking into Southsea. Well, and that's why it's me. It's a mis- nightmare. Well, the thing is, it's like we have not got parking permits down our road, but there is every every other road's got them. We haven't. So it's a free-for-all. So, mm. one, bugs me because I can never park. Two, why are you driving down my road at 100 miles an hour? There's children in that road. Why do you not? Why? Your road ain't even that long, is it? It's not very long. But it's just a shortcut. So what I do now, if someone's coming down, I sort of maybe get in the middle of the road, put my, my, my doodars on for a little while, pop in the house, make a cup of tea, come back out. <laughs> or if they're coming down the road at really far, I just pull my car door open and get out and look at them like they're a piece of shit and then go, <laughs> put, look at her. <laughs> stab her. Hey. I, well, I, I, sta- oh. st- I, I hide behind a car with like a, mm. a, a stab. Were those guy forks? Like an effigy of a child, and then poke it out in front of them in case they're coming. Like, oh, that could have been a kid, couldn't yeah. it? Oh, a little guy made up. <laughs> there you go. A dog. Yeah. Oh, murderer! You're a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> Too fast. Our so road. He just come got... out of nowhere and hit you. Yeah. And then he started giving it large because um, he fell off his bike. Did you actually? Did you what? Did you gun for him? I know you like night bikes and cyclists. And no, I don't like cyclists anyway. No, so did you have a, did you have a blind, my 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 car who I call Diesel Dave? Right. That's its name. I haven't got a name for mine. Yeah, Diesel Dave. Only because I've got to remember it's Diesel. <laughs> He's got loads of blind spots, like horrendous. I'm mm. there forever trying to get down the junction because I'm like trying to... No, what car you got? You've got a big one, isn't it? I've got a silver thing. <laughs> I think it's like a Vauxhall something. I don't know. It's a car. Gets me It gets me A to B. Yeah, no, I'm, the cell, I'm not um, really into cars. <laughs> I'm not really into cars. But I don't like, like geezer kicking it. No. What, what? 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 So you come out of a junction. He hit you. Yeah, he come from nowhere. Hit yeah. me. Yeah. Maybe he was got, going too far. Yeah. And then he got off his bike because he had his headphones on. Oh. Then so he started, not, so you can't hear what's going no. on. No. So then he started giving it large and then started kicking my car. So I went, oi, mush. You got out of the car like what? Come in, son. And then as <laughs> soon as I got, started getting out of the car, he, he jumped on his bike and started riding away. But then as he ride away trying to get fast, he ran into another car. Oh no. And then he ran up. So I was trying to trying to chase him. And then I got back in my car, and this other this Mercedes who I pulled over for, this was one of the problems it was. Yeah. Um, said, oh, if, if you get any problems, I'll, I'll um, be a here's witness. My, take my. Um, well, he was too busy down. going off and going, so he not heard anything. Nah. But and thought, do you oh. have to report that? Well, I, you nearly got clumped. No, do you have to report any accident like that? Do you have to report it or not really? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. Sometimes, do they don't do anything, are they, police? We should get, yeah, I know, bless them. They haven't got any time. No, no, they're, they're overrun. So you probably don't want to know. No, they probably go, all right, mate, yeah, we'll, we'll look into it for you and laughing. Twat. No, no, they're not. Mm. Bloody cyclist. Oh, the cyclist. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no problem with the old Bill. I think they're all right. 
They just they were stretched. They would do a wonderful I, job if they I had the got, finances. I was talking about this the other day. I was talking to somebody about, oh, my CV. I've got my CV, you know. Mm. And then I was talking about, they were saying, oh, you've done quite a lot. Said, well, because I've saved a life. Right. Right. These are my two things that my dad brings up in all my weddings. Mm-hmm. All your weddings? <laughs> yeah. Well, how so many he's done two, two weddings. So far? Well, I've had three weddings. One I didn't go through with. Uh, like yeah. two days before, or like, ah, it's not happening. Yeah, and obviously, Elliot's dad, and then the love of my life, Charlie Whitmore, <sighs> 20 years on, worked out all right, though, I'm lucky. <laughs> so he always says, I've, I saved a life at the pyramids. When mm-hmm. the pyramids first opened, this poor little lad was, it was back in the day when the parents could have a little ciggy, have a little ciggy inside. They don't know, don't they? Inside. Vape up. Inside. I don't know. Can you vape indoors? Not supposed to, are you? I don't know. I know they all do. I've walked into pubs before and then um, you know, getting ready for gigs and stuff and then everyone's sitting indoors because it's raining Yeah, and they all vape up. Cause they're all like pineapple mm. and bubblegum. Yeah. And... Yeah. Oh, blackcurrant. <laughs> <laughs> but you always, when you walk through it, you can't see anything. It's like stars in your eyes. You come walking through the smoke and go, hello. <laughs> come in to do well, someone's party. Well, I don't know. It's, so there's, no, there's nothing about vaping yet. There's no, um, no. There's no um, research yet about it. No. Keep an eye on time really quick. So one of them is I saved a life at the Premier's blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Got, I got a mayor certificate from the council. It's quite good. Ooh. So we, it was quite horrific. So right. yeah, this poor little sod. The way the wave pool is is that if you're not at a certain position, you, you can get sucked by a gap Ooh. and you can't you can't see. <laughs> Already? Yeah. If you're down. So this poor little kid was like oh. three, and it looked right. like a towel at the bottom of the pool. It wasn't. Ooh. It was a child. So I was like, shit. Blow your whistle down, you get, and we, we had to resuscitate him for so long. And then the ambulance got here. They said, "Look, if you hadn't carried on doing what you're doing or do what you did, he would not be here now." And he's still, you know, still. Alive. I've never oh. met the lad since, but apparently he's still. You know. oh. But and then also probably in the same year, <laughs> eventful year of that, 1999 or whatever it was, I got arrested and well put in jail overnight. <clears throat> well done. I'm yeah, me- I'm, I'm really meeting with the class people, isn't it? Have you have you ever been banged up overnight? You. Are you nuts? Have you? <laughs> Are you nuts? You have. <laughs> you do know who I am, don't you? <laughs> See, this is one of my dad. Right, if the police are listening, my dad, before he dies, one of his bucket lists is he wants to get banged up. <laughs> it's easy. Show him. He's been the jailer. He goes, I've been the jailer in Navy for certain things. Right. I don't know why. Maybe because they were short-staffed. I don't know. Because he's an engineer. <laughs> and then he wants to... And I'm like, why? It's horrible. He's never done, never done stir. I just... Disclaimer that it was a fraudulent count and I wasn't actually... I was apparently... I got arrested for criminal damage for knocking a wall down Victoria Road North. Mm. But actually, I hadn't even walked down Victoria Road North. This bloke was just trying to knock his wall down and get a new wall. And he said, oh, these these youths knocked my wall youths. down. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, it was all fraud and he got done for fraud and we sort of like had a jolly time at Crown Court. So... Bang him up. Yeah. Mm. I got asked out by the policeman that night as well, and I was and I was um, arrested. Why are you doing what? And I was with this other lad. Why are you with him? Why are you with him? I'm like, what? Oh, Rude. I don't know you get blind. Policeman. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> I was all right back when I was 18. I'll have, I'll have you here. <laughs> I was a lifeguard, long, obviously, long time as you ago, have. Really. Anyway, Blonde. Right, so you better go and get Stevie. Okay. So. Councillor Steve Pitt will He's be on here. his way. He's on his way. Um, so you need to give him a big up. We haven't got one because I haven't organised it. Steve Pitt. Yeah, Steve leader, Pitt. Deputy Everyone leader knows of the who he is. Everyone <laughs> well, knows who he is. He doesn't need to do any more. He's, he's a fabulous man. Right. So more from uh, us and uh, the wonderful Mr Steve Pitt in about five minutes' time. Come to the Love Southsea Market in Palmerston Road on the first weekend of every month. With a massive mix of trade stalls, a chilled out, fun community atmosphere with a diverse selection of makers, artists, illustrators, vintage clothes traders, jewellery makers, shabby chic traders, giftware stores, delicious street food and loads more. There's no other market like it on our island. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and at lovesouthsea.co.uk. See you all there. Keep the pounds in Pompey. And we introduce our next guest. He is a very, very attractive young man. He's Councillor Steve Pitt, Deputy Leader of Portsmouth City. I'm trying to build you up here, Steve. Uh, Deputy Leader of Portsmouth City Council. Councillor Steve Pitt is the Cabinet Member for Culture and Leisure, Leisure and Sport, the Ward Member for Central South Sea, and the Deputy Leader of Portsmouth City Council. Steve is also the representative of the Council on a number of outside bodies, trusts and committees involved in the creative industries sector. He has worked in cultural and creative industries for many years. He has run a music venue with artists such as Nick Kershaw promoted thousands of gigs and been an agent and manager for a number of artists and not only that but he's an all-round good guy Steve Pitt 
Councillor Stupid, Deputy Leader of City Council, welcome. Nice to see you, Darren. Nice to see you, Lou. That was a good day when you got voted into that position. (laughs) (laughs) The flags came out. I don't know that my other half necessarily agree, but yes. Do you see her anymore? I see her occasionally with ships that pass in the night, I think. (laughs) What was the turn, Steve, for you to get into politics? What what happened? That's where she happened. I've always been interested in politics, my degree's in politics. Right. Um, But all the time I was running a venue and needing to be completely neutral in all those things it was very difficult to yeah. take a part of political stance very few people in that yeah. field do for obvious reasons um but then when we all know the sellers was faced with closure in uh, 2015 i had to think about what i was going to do next uh, i'd taken quite a lead role in um, working with uh, cultural bodies and creative industries across mm. the city for a number of years i wanted to think how could i still do that and i decided politics was the way You've always been, I've always known, and Lou has been you know, a very, very creative person, someone who puts their full support behind anything creative. Um, so it must be a sort of a dream job for you to get involved, I mean, apart from all the other work that comes with it. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm just going to ask you about when did we ever turn off. But um, it must be a really, really nice role to have and, and still have that passion and support that you're, you're driving forward. It is. There's, there's lots of bits and pieces across the city where there's been stalemate and no progress mm. for a very long period of time for a whole host of different reasons yeah but because of the relationship i had where i chaired the culture partnership for quite a lot of years i already know those people so when i became the cabinet member in may i didn't have to go and dance around people and get to know them and work out what that relationship was going to be like i could just walk in sit down and say mm. right it, it's day one yeah forget everything that's gone on before how do we move forward mm. and almost without exception that's been well received and has enabled conversations that have been stuck in the mud for goodness knows how long to actually start to make progress. And that is rewarding. We have to ask, so we start with a negative. How frustrating sometimes <laughs> is your role before we get to the good bit? Oh, very, very. Um, I'm used to, because I ran my own business for so many years, mm. I'm used to making a decision. The decision is implemented and things happen. <laughs> Local government doesn't work like that. No. Uh, it's a completely different thing. You have to go through a process. So there's, I'd like to have achieved 10 times as much as I've, I've managed to in the last seven or eight months. The reality is it just can't happen that quickly. Um, but a lot of people at, at PCC and other partnerships across the city are work, working really hard and we, we are making progress. Good. But yes, it can drive you mad. <laughs> I saw you when we did the Millen coffee morning yes. and you were saying about, you know, where does your work clock stop? And you go, well, I don't think it does. No, not really, when I'm asleep. Um, <laughs> I was at an art uh, exhibition launch last last night. Oh, it looked amazing. It Pete Codlin. incredible. Pete, Pete yeah. Codlin's exhibition at the, at the uh, cathedral. Portsmouth Cathedral. Go and see Pete Codlin's exhibition at Portsmouth Cathedral. It's mind-blowing. I literally walked through the door and went, wow. Mm. It's really Portsmouth incredible. Portsmouth boy. Yeah, and, and uh, very influential uh, Castle Road traders as well. Yeah. Um, but he's uh, Pete's great. and uh, But those sort of events in the evening take, you know, that's when a lot mm. of cultural stuff happens, so you, have, you go along to those. Uh, that's the fun bit. That's the bit that I always did anyway. So it's quite nice to go to those things. Um, but, you know, meetings start eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning and often they finish and then I'm attending an evening event or mm. yet another meeting. Uh, I think this week I haven't been in before half past nine, ten o'clock. So you've got to be match fit. You've got to be match fit. Eat well. Yeah, and not be as overweight as me. <laughs> Well, you look a lot smarter these days. Top tip. Uh, Yeah, I I still bump into people. If you look at that caricature, Darren's just uh, read out that little bio piece from we're doing a creative industries conference (laughs) next week. And the caricature of me is far more the way I used to look (laughs) when I was running a music venue and being a bit bit grungy than I do now walking around in a suit. But um, people have a certain level of expectation when you're Mm. representing a city, uh, and I have to live up to that. But I'm much more comfortable in jeans, trainers, and a a black T-shirt with a rock band name on it. Yeah. When, when, you know you said about um, you already built up relationships with a lot of the people already before you got the, the role and then yeah. you just walked into it. How important do you think that he was? He didn't just walk into it. He got elected. But then he was going to walk in anyway. This <laughs> yeah. is some of the others he was up against. Um, but then, you know, how, how easy was it to, to fill the role and, and the relationships that you've already built up? Fill the role from your predecessor. Mm. Yes. Oh, well, um, I, I think... I think it's fair to say that my predecessor and I are very, very different personalities. Uh, we're probably at opposite ends of that spectrum, which, you know, uh, that's the nature of politics and what it is. It, w- it was fairly easy. The, mm. um, obviously, there was a transition. But the most difficult transition was with the officers at the council, who've all known me as a sort of community campaigner and voice of the sector for a long period of time. <laughs> And then overnight, I became the decision maker. So that that was quite mm. uh, quite awkward at first. Uh, 
I always remember on day the first meeting we had on the first week, I walked into the um, the, the meeting room up on the culture and leisure floor on floor five, um, and there was um, my papers were at the, the head of the table like I was going to chair a conference. And the first thing I did was pick them up, move around to the side of the table. And so they said, oh, no, no, you're just cabinet member sits at the end of the table. I said, well, cabinet member decides and the cabinet member's not sitting at the end of the table. I will sit in whatever seat I feel like on any week and you're all free to do exactly the same because this is something we're going to work on together. Yeah. Yeah. We're all in this together. I'm not leading in that no. sense. It's very much a team. Um, and then the, the other difficult bit about it is the, the sense of expectation from a lot of people who I've known for a long time. They know where I want the city to go mm. and what my priorities yeah, are. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realise how slow local government moves sometimes and they want things to happen yesterday. Uh, and I completely get that because I do too. Uh, but it's kind of managing that level of expectation and can not I, making people think you've just mm. forgotten. Yeah. Can I just say as well, I think people forget that politicians and councillors and people in, in the government are actual normal people. Yes. You went to St John's School. Yeah, I you did. grew up and yeah. did exactly the same stuff as what we did when yeah. we grew up. Yeah. It's And I think people forget you're not uh, Marvel characters. You're no. not not like superheroes no no. you're, you're you are a normal person how to do this you either get on with it and make it work or you don't and i think i think people need to remember that because obviously i've got i run quite a um, big facebook page in portsmouth and the amount of idiots that write on my wall saying my listeners my followers <laughs> um they just don't think they obviously write and they don't think but that you're not superheroes you are a person yeah. and you do need to go home and eat and, and see your yeah. wife and walk mm. the dog you need you need to realize that you're doing everything you can in your power to help them but sometimes things are out of your hands and out of your control and you just have to like i don't know firefight and yeah. try and get it back into a that's true and you'd learn very on in this job that you either park all that criticism when you know it's completely Oh, you, you've unfounded. been quite good at that, though. You've taught me to do that yeah, for I'm many taught, years. Yeah, you used to get fired up by things. <laughs> I used to say, let it go, Lou. You're not going to change your mind. Leave it. Yeah. I, you can't waste energy in this business trying to persuade people who are diametrically opposed to you mm. and take a position against you from the get-go to, to somehow come around to your way of thinking. It's not going to happen. No. What you've got to hope is that you've got commitment in what you do um, you try to be authentic and, and shoot from the hip and I sit down with organisations and talk to them sometimes in a way that they're not used to politicians speaking to them because I'm brutally honest um, and that if that works with enough people then you make progress but you can't worry about the people who don't like you because they're never going to change that no. and I really don't I, I, might, I, I have no opinion on them because I've never met them yeah. the fact that the people online are the worst because mm. they say all these things about you mm. um, well then they've never even met you mm. and I always say and I always say the same thing if you met me and you don't like me mm. I'm absolutely fine with that but you haven't met me so you've got no right to dislike me so that's your problem not mine yeah <laughs> and it doesn't bother you I don't care don't no. care don't no, you've care, been no. very good some of it some of it gets quite <laughs> personal about that goes beyond you to your to your family mm. um, it's rare but it does happen I mean sometimes I get leaflets through the door and my face scratched out with liar written across oh, it yeah, yeah. no indication as to what I'm lying about uh, or from whom it came who he's I not would... he's not the one and only yeah, I must, no. I've got to put that in um, so obviously Steve was the manager for Chesney Hawks for many yeah. years uh, yeah, doing his, all his acoustic stuff, uh, which was uh, lovely still, lad. Still lovely in contact lad. With him now, uh, he might be making an, port, an appearance in Portsmouth this year later on. In the there year. we go. Uh, Chesney's one of the most uh, solid gold geezers you could possibly. I think I know where he might be making an appearance. Do you? Hmm. Don't say. No, that. I'm not gonna. Okay then. <laughs> <laughs> hush, 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 hush. <laughs> so what I want to do because very this week um, everything's blown, blown up. With the high street. I know yeah. that's Ben's, Ben Dowling's, ben Dowling, yeah. but I've got you in the chair. Yeah. You are deputy leader. I am. So I'm going to fire at you. And I think this would be a really good debate between the three of us about the way the high street's changing and the way mm. everything is changing. And obviously, Portsmouth, we know, always gets a really bad rap. Like, when I used to work in London, I used to sell from Portsmouth, and I used to get totally slagged down. And, oh, what you, Portsmouth? Yeah. Portsmouth is amazing. And we have got amazing culture we've got amazing artists we've got some really great creatives in Portsmouth to make it absolutely phenomenal yeah. okay at the moment we've got high street let's take Southsea for example they announced this week that John Lewis has shutting down one of their stores which is the biggest store we have in Southsea and they've got Debenhams the other side which probably it may go may not go we don't know so and it came out of the blue and then you've got up and oh, the council shouldn't have done this the council did not have any idea about what's going to nope. happen did not know didn't have information so you know sometimes big chains like that should have responsibility to to, to give you the heads up 
really. Mm, yeah. So you don't get the backlash. One, which I think was really bad on John Lewis's part, mm. especially where they call their staff and their people that work for them partners. Yes. If they're a partner, then maybe they should act like a partner and think about the partners around them, including everybody else in the in the area that it's affecting. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's affecting 127 jobs yeah. for families. that. And families. Yeah. And families. And they... And then you're reading, it's heart, heartbreaking. I went in there the day after to see them, and it's just hard. You know, they were like, first off, they had a few people through the door saying, when's your sales? When when am I getting my discount? And they're like, <gasps> and then the other ones are going, oh, you know, you know, let me give you a hug. You know, this is horrendous. But obviously what I'm trying to do now is what we're trying to do together is try and get as many jobs as we can out there so they've got opportunities. It's always a good thing once you get pushed from somewhere. It normally opens a door to something else. One door shuts, another one opens. But I'm digressing again. I've had too much caffeine. <laughs> what what I want to say is the high street is changing tremendous speed, yeah. more speed than anyone thought. John Lewis, for an example, have got these massive flagship, huge shops that probably don't really need. And then they've got a little one that's doing really well in Southie that they've shut down even though it's in profit. They're probably shutting that down to, to, to pay to rob Peter to pay Paul. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So they probably didn't envision 10 years ago when they were building these massive, massive, massive shops that the retail world is changing so fast to online only. Yeah, I mean, but maybe they did. Do you think? Because what we're seeing and the kind of model around the John Lewis in particular, but if you look at some of the flagship stores up in London, they're not about people going in and actually buying stuff on that visit. They're about basically displaying the catalogue. Yeah. So it's become more about, it's almost like that personal shopper experience thing, mm-hmm. so that you go in and you pick up the toaster that you're going to buy or you look at the sofa you're interested in and then you go and order it online and have it delivered. Now, their click and collect business is huge and yeah, very successful. Huge. And one of the things I asked the director when I spoke to him on yeah. the phone on the day they were making the announcement, we found out um, at about quarter to seven, I think it was, on Tuesday evening, um, and then uh, we were chasing them on. Uh, we wrote to them straight away. We chased them on uh, the following morning to try and find out what on earth was going on. I spoke to one of the directors at 11.45 as they were issuing the press release. The first thing I said to him is, is Waitrose staying and are you keeping a click and collect business? Mm. Because that was the priority at that point. They'd told me in that phone conversation that they had sold the site. That was the first we knew about it. Yeah. So, you know, people saying, oh, the council have already granted planning permission. It's going to be this. We did not know. Gerald (laughs) went, the leader of the council, went to see them in the summer to thank them for their ongoing commitment to South Sea and to keep in Knightley open. But they were probably none the wiser as well. The store manager may not have been at that point because these decisions are made Mm. elsewhere. But we were aware because Debenhams have been making some national announcements about potential store closures. And we wanted to go, and we can't control that, but we wanted to make sure that Knightley was still committed. And at that point, they clearly seemed to be. And, you know, Gerald said, if you anything ever, any problems at any time you want to speak to us, do. So it was a complete shot out the blue for them to just announce the closure without any discussion whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right, I mean, Oxford Street, though, when I used to work for, for several companies, the flagship stores yeah. were always at Oxford Street, and they're yeah. always, nobody could afford the rent, mm. but they were there as just their flagship stores. That's where you went. Did you they they must have Street. made money, surely. No. No, they're really? their lost leading shop windows. Yeah, really? yeah but it's, it's, it's where you go. Yeah. But you've got to have a store, no matter what size store. If you're a company, a national company, you've got to have a store on Oxford yeah. Street. Okay, so, just for the kudos. Just for the kudos, just to say, just to say. Okay, okay. And, and, and obviously, if they could pick the prime ones, but most of them are now mm. going towards Tottenham Court Road because yeah. the rents are slightly cheaper. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that makes sort of it's, sense. It's, it's, I mean, I used to Nike, for example. I think we had three stores in Oxford Street. Really? And then one was was four floors, mm. but now they're all gone. Yeah, because um, you just can't afford to A do it. A friend of mine has just spent Christmas in America. And he stayed with friends, one friend very high up in Amazon, mm-hmm. other friend high up in a business that still produces bed bedding to companies. So it's totally partners, yeah. totally two different ends. The totally two excited. different I got excited, <laughs> two different ends of the scale. So one, Amazon did not know how fast this was gonna go so right. quickly. And the other chap's going, Well, people still wanna feel and they wanna see it, but it's not that often that people do want to feel and say I'm you know mm. I'm one of the horrible ones that do buy online but we all do but I but I love but I love a mm. shop that's independent as in quirky independent like if we go to Brighton and you've got Brighton yeah. lanes the other lanes and they're all individual they're all doing really well so I think there is a, there is a 
part for the high street for that unusual mm. gift that you can't just you can't Absolutely. spend hours yeah. and hours yeah. looking mm. for this perfect card or looking for something people and will still always impulse buy if it's yeah, yeah. unusual yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, and that that tactile thing about yeah. picking something up yeah. feeling seeing something unusual that you that that Not page every, in the catalogue or online yeah. catalogue you wouldn't have been looking at that page because no, you were looking no. for something else but then you see that mm. but of course as technology improves it will and we all know this from the adverts that get directed towards us you'll be looking at a particular sofa and some genius behind the scenes will have identified 200 other products that you might be interested yeah. in if you like that sofa yeah. and that's the way it's going so yeah. that will and that, it's, it's popping up and everything you ask you're looking it is so everyone's listening all the fun everyone's listening yeah, all the time yeah well, the other thing is about it, you're right i mean i just think that um albert road I had a conversation with this it was like a mini sort of carnaby street because when I worked in Carnaby Street, there was loads of quirky little and shops. And that's not so big anymore. That's all no. makeup and big stores now. It's yeah. not individual. I no. think I think we are really incredibly lucky to live in Portsmouth because, one, if we've got a product that we want, like let me take Samantha Worsley as an example, South Sea Bathing Company, mm. right? Uh, right, she started on a market stand at my, at my market, I don't <laughs> And then she went into a factory and then she's got herself into a shop, mm. okay? The fact, and she's also got big companies like Urban Outfitters and other people looking at her saying, we mm. want to stock you. And she's taking it very slowly to get it right. Yeah. So she doesn't go bust and mm. do a lush and have to reinvent themselves. So what I'm trying to get at is Portsmouth are incredibly brilliant at supporting our own mm. and looking after our own. If someone opens up a shop and they're independent, they will go to the whole shop. So... You know, you're saying like people aren't shopping in the high street, but Portsmouth art people are incredibly brilliant at, at supporting yeah. local. And I just think if we can, like, we've got this chap now that's going to develop John Lewis. It's no longer a thing. John yeah. Lewis is gone. It's out of here. Mm-hmm. See you later. Laters. Laters, big corporate. Yep. Don't need you. Unfortunately, it is what <laughs> it is. I always say control the controllables. Yeah. It has it's been gone. sold. We can't change it. It's gone. That. But he slid into my DMs this week, this mm-hmm. chap, and we're meeting him. I'm meeting him, you're meeting him, you spoke yeah. to him. He seems really genuinely yeah. on it, and to so me, hopefully. My relationship with him, because uh, uh, whether people know or not, he delivers the ice rink yes. in Guildhall Square. Yeah. So obviously I had contact with him over that period, making sure mm. that was running okay. He's a very pro- approachable chap. We don't know what he's got planned for that no. site, but we need to know, yeah. and we need, as a community, to inform the process of his decision-making to make sure that it is something that does benefit South Sea. So we can either shut down all levels of communication and moan about the Knight and Lee coming back, which is not going to because no. if it was it's going to... Yeah. They owned the building, yeah, so gone. they didn't want to own it yeah, anymore. They've sold gone. it, it's gone. Yeah. That's not to, Incidentally, that's not to say that we are accepting that John Lewis doesn't have a future with Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. So Gerald's already had a conversation with them at very high level and he's going to follow it up again next month because, as we all know, there are proposals for the changes mm. again in the town centre and it may be that that forms part of their dialogue. You know, we, yeah. we don't know, but yeah, yeah. he's keeping that dialogue open yeah, yeah. and you making to, sure... Yeah, so you have to keep the doors open. Of course you do, yeah. and you know, which is why you know, a, a, a tax on John Lewis for leaving or a tax on the guy that's bought the show, let's not go around attacking people, let's talk to people. And he's a businessman. He's a businessman. He's a businessman under the day. He yeah. looking at his website looks all good and looking and reading in between the lines what he's been talking to me about is that hopefully he is in the the main the mindset of maybe having retail on the bottom floor yeah. and bringing back in. Well, he'll have in- to have retail on the yes, bottom floor. Yes, Steve. That is a, that's in the Portsmouth <laughs> plan. Um, it wouldn't need, it, it, would, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be shop shops. Has but to it be has something. to be people selling things mm. or you know yeah. a, it has to have a, a, a what, business what a business like use that's retail driven. What would you like to see? I'd love to see that as a creative hub. So would I. I just think it'd be fantastic. South Sea, as Lou's already said, does creativity like n- virtually nowhere else. You know, mm. people always talk about Brighton stuff. Brighton, and <laughs> I'm not interested in Brighton. <laughs> Have you been? To, people talk about Brighton Beach, and it's a, a shingle pebble yeah. beach. But they've We've got, got their shop, they've got their shop option right. They have. And yeah. it's a, a really easy one to replicate. But that's not something the council's done. And no, it's, no. It's, mm. it's an evolutionary process. We've got mm. to trust the creative people in the city to be creative. Mm. The council's role is to help to enable them to do that. Mm. So if we find out what the community want and the council gets behind driving what the community want, then we'll end up with something great. If we end, we hope, maybe that uh, the person who's purchased the site is an investor who also wants to be in that dialogue and all we know at the moment is in their opening statement to the public, that's what they've said, then let's embrace that and be a part of the conversation. I hate placards. 
I mm. hate demonstrations. Mm. There are elements of the political spectrum who like nothing more than jumping on a coach with a bunch of placards, waving them around all day, feeling good about themselves and achieve absolutely nothing. Have you ever nothing. done one? No. Well, no, I, I have carried a placard for the Arts Lodge. Have you? Uh, I did do that <laughs> because Mark Lewis put one in my hand and I carried a placard for saying save the lodge. But that was relevant. It was a local thing and we were going straight to the Guild Hall. I think I'd love to do a march. I've never done it. <laughs> It's not the most exciting thing. No. In the world. Um, I would much rather be in a room with all the people yeah. who were able to be part of making that decision and get yeah. a decision. Get it made. Because I like doing things, not protesting about them. Because you know, I'll sign a petition online. I'll, I'll do you know petition to get wildlife and all those sort of things. I'm, I'll do that. Mm. But you know, people who think they change the world just by waving placards. It's you not going to do anything. You, it, that's that's mm. a tiny part of it. The yeah. main thing mm. is making the argument and talking to mm. people and engaging with people who don't agree with you and trying to win them around to your way of thinking. But if you think about it, Palmerston Road has had its... It, it's had its... It's sort of, like, had its day. I, wanna, no, I, I think it's... It's it sort of. It's, it could... It, it could... It needs a bit of tweaking. It needs a bit of tender loving care. It needs some... You know... It needs to be in a position to offer the opportunities at a price that's workable mm. to local creative businesses like Sam Worsley's bathing hut. Yeah, Chelsea bathing basically. Hut. Because if those, there are, she's not the only one, we know yeah, that. Yeah, there's loads. There's yeah, artists loads. in the Hot Wall studio, some of yeah. them are making things. What we need is to enable those people that, to, to do To be able to, to get into the high now, street. Now, one of the conversations we'd have at the city council is with, there's another Lib Dem council in Eastbourne. And what they've done is they've actually gone in and purchased shop units where there's accommodation above that is kind of they've bought the freeholds and that is kind of the case in some parts of mm. you know our, our, our secondary shopping centers um and then they've they've decided what type of business they want to see in there okay and because they know, control right, it and in yeah. some instances they've thought so let's do a reduced rent for the first year step it up the second year get it up to full commercial so let's mm. help the business to yeah. grow and establish yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. when they did a list recently of most threatened high streets in britain they did another list at the same time of least threatened high streets in Britain and Eastbourne's in that list. Mm. So we've been meeting them a couple mm. of times over the last few months to learn about what they've done and to see where we can implement mm. that importance. Those conversations have been happening since the summer and I know Ben Dallin has been an intrinsic part of that as the Cabinet member uh, and he's, there's another meeting planned imminently on the same Good. basis. Good. So, But... These things do take time, um, but, but yeah. we, we are absolutely going in the direction that people want us to go too, in. Because most landlords are greedy, let's be honest. Uh, they just want their rent, and that's it. Thanks very much indeed. Yeah. They've got no. That's so high. No the interest. rents are yeah. so high. Yeah, they've got no interest in what, what how it affects the. And local you've got area. no control over that. This again, no. again, I get a lot. Well, the only control we could have is to scrap charging people business rates. Yeah, but you but do. As part with, of that, but, but you do. We do with, do discounts anyway. But but if we if we said mm. okay, we'll help business thrive by reducing business rates, that comes that in one way or another comes out of local services. Nobody would say to us, cut children's and adults social yeah. care to support a bookshop mm. or a, a, mm. a dentist. Mm. Or, you know, this anything. is the problem. It, yeah. it, it's not, it, it's, the, everything's interconnected. So if you take money from one bit, it's going to come from yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. So as a council, if you could say, yeah, what we're going to do to help small businesses is going to give zero business rates to everybody, mm. there are implications from that. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of completely free market. But the council can be an influence on, on that because if we were able to rent a couple of units at below market value to give people time to grow, then that would influence other landlords to need to be competitive in that environment. Yeah, so yeah. There's, there's ways of doing it and of being supported. Now, one of the ways we did things historically, which has helped South Sea, was to put the library there. Because it used mm. to be out on a, on a, a ring in Elm Grove on, it, on its own, completely isolated, by moving it into the precinct. And John Lewis, historically, were really clear with the council that that decision to put the library into the precinct kept them there for those additional years mm. because it did create different, yeah. different yeah. kinds of football, footfall. And a library is just one example of the type of things you can do. We need to think about... What, people want to eat, they want to drink, they want to socialise. I've been looking at people in Palmerston Road when, when I go down there, as I do very often... People like to stand around and chat. You know, I'll always come over to you, say hello to you, Lou, if I'm down there and it's market day and you're around and there's some of the other traders I know as well. Mm. <coughs> and you go and say hello. 
And that social experience is, is not dying in South Sea. I'd mm. argue it's actually getting stronger. Mm-hmm. So you might not be bustling past people who are rushing to buy something. The pace has slowed a bit, but people still like to have those yeah. chats. Hampshire Farmers yeah. Market Day, mm. your market days, when that is South Sea Food Festival, yeah, look how oh, packed God, that incredible. is. The energy's still there. Mm. We just need to find a way to enable it to succeed. Yeah. But also, Port City Council, talking about the markets, have been incredibly supportive over 10 years now i've been doing markets mm. a long time and from nurturing 22 <laughs> for nurturing nurturing from where that big they, <laughs> they are shut up they the council have over the years have nurtured it and like they have always been like you're saying that they're always out to get like people are always saying the council are out to money grab and get things but they, they're not actually because i've been in many 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 meetings and they're not they're very helpful like what can we do to help what can we do to help you do this what can we do to get this happen what can we do they've always been very open yeah so i just think people are just need maybe it's just uh, it's just the stigma that it's actually not there. The stigma's yeah. not, it's just, it's just. you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I know. I mean, <laughs> the number of things that I, I've been told I'm responsible for over the last seven months that had absolutely nothing to do with yeah, whatsoever. Can, you know, can you sort out Brexit? Can you sort out, um, <laughs> you know, national issues around uh, National Health Service funding? No, I can't. When I'm out on the doorsteps and I talk to people, knock on the door, and they start moaning about stuff, I, I, I always usually agree with them um, on some of the issues they're moaning about, and then I have to say, but I can't change any of that. No, no, what no. I can do is influence things in the city mm. to try and make people's lives better or improve things yeah. or see our city improve. But I agree with Lou. Portsmouth's a fantastic place. Mm. Do, do you know what? A few years ago, um, there was a joint city of culture bid between Portsmouth and Southampton. And I went over to Southampton to jointly launch it with Rob DeBank. Um, which was an amusing experience in itself. But we went over there to do that, and we, we did all the press there. And on that day, um, the, the Echo in Southampton, their newspaper, had run a poll, and the news did the same thing. And the poll said to people in Portsmouth, which is better culturally, Portsmouth or Southampton? And everyone in Portsmouth said Southampton. And in Southampton, everyone said Portsmouth. And it's that thing that the gra- <laughs> other man's crazy. grass is always greener. Yeah. I've been all over this country on music tours with artists, <laughs> to cities that my perception before going there was, oh, they've got all these music venues, they've got this great scene, mm. it's going to be really amazing. And usually when I get there, it's not. It's just <laughs> somewhere else. You know, I've been to music venues that attract big bands and you think, oh, you know, the sort of people that come into the wedge is going to be crazy. They haven't got a patch on the wedge with rooms because mm. it's, a, mm. you know, the, the design of the room's wrong and the, the sound's not great and there's no proper backstage. <laughs> I remember being on tour with Nick Kershaw and he and I looked at me and he said, is this a dressing room or a corridor? <laughs> I said, it is actually a corridor because it's just wide enough. For it. We had to stand next to each other because wasn't room to and that was that was a venue in Nottingham, which is really well known. So it's not that the other man's grass is always greener. What we've got to stop people in Portsmouth doing is only being proud of the football club and the dockyard. Everyone's proud of those two things. Our links with the Navy and the MOD and the football club. I completely get that. I'm proud of it too. But I'm also proud of our cultural mm. community, cultural community, our creative industries, all the people in Portsmouth who do things that make it an exciting place. What we're not very good at is getting together in the way that Liverpool and Manchester have done and owning our own brand. We are Portsmouth. Mm. Let's say we, that we can be great. We are great. Let's be greater and start talking positively about ourselves. Mm. We're, totally. We are almost uh, the sort of the, the the sum of Britain sometimes in that we're very self-deprecating. Mm. Portsmouth criticises itself endlessly, but if somebody criticises Portsmouth, oh. we all get together and get really <laughs> angry about it. I just wish we could put that amount of passion into being yeah. positive about Portsmouth and then we, we, we could move forward The amount forward of people that come to University of Portsmouth that don't leave. Yeah, 24 point something percent of it, students stay here. It's huge. Mm. It's massive. Yeah, some it's students, huge. you know, some universities, they, they're lucky if it's 10%. Yeah. You mm. are right. I mean, they said the Shaping Portsmouth Conference last week. It was when, great. When Steph stood up and said, you know, I'm proud of my city, mm. I'm proud of the people, mm-hmm. and it's time we start shouting about it. He said something like, it's not the biggest, it's not the no. smallest, it's <laughs> not the greatest, it's not the worst, it's yeah. ours. Yeah. And it's just, and it's, it's right. It's just sometimes you forget how good we are. Yeah. And and the, some of the talent that we've got here in this in crazy amount of talent. It's an incredible thing. Well, we're sat here right now in a community radio station, mm. 
that's been going for a very long time. Other the other cities haven't got. Mm. Now we've got the, the Hot Wall Studios, major investment from uh, co the Coastal Communities Fund to get those artist studios developed. It's an amazing it's thing. Yeah. We've we've got the Guildhall, which is one of the leading uh, venues on the south coast for for attracting talent. We've got Victoria's Festival, Huge festival. third largest music festival. They've in got their a country. better lineup than the Isle of Wight Festival and got this a year. Better <laughs> um, and you know, let's talk about what we have got and how we can make yeah. that. Yeah. Even bigger and better, and not just nitpick everything all the time. Mm. Well, you, I say you, you mentioned it before when you did to um, talked about the future of 2019 and, and what you're looking forward to. Yeah. But you mentioned it before about uh, you're like the butt of where everything goes and how yeah. frustrated you get because you say you, some of the people talk to you and you think, well, I ain't got a bloody clue what you're talking mm. about. It's not nothing to do with me. But so, yeah. you know, the other things about the, the amount of grief, frustration you must get from people. Aiming everything towards you. I suppose they've got to yeah. aim it somewhere. Yeah. Luckily, so, but, Steve's a big boy; he can cope. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to. I'd, <laughs> I'd like to think I can um, pretty much win anybody over, Hold given, given enough time. So, sometimes on the doorstep, you, you knock on the door and you speak to somebody, you say, "Hi, I'm Councillor Steve. Uh, nice to see you. Have you, have you got any problems?" <laughs> Trade. <laughs> and while I'm at it, oh, oh and another thing. And we, mm. so you soak all that up, and then I usually say, "Right, you've listed all these things. Uh, this lot, I can't do anything about. I'm parking that because I'm not going to stand here and lie to you. Mm. I can't do anything about that. The biggest one at the moment is Brexit. Everybody thinks that I can in some way influence the outcome <laughs> of 650 people in the House of Commons who cannot agree with each other. I'm not disinterested, <laughs> but I've stopped being interested yeah. in it you because can't I do can't anything. do anything about no. it. Yeah. So. Forget that. Uh, and then what I then do is I look at the things that they've said that are relevant to me and I'll start explaining why we make some of the decisions we do mm. and why we maybe not be doing what they want us to do. In the end, I can usually part. I think only very rarely do I fail to at least not part on amicable terms with somebody. Yeah. But you can't do that on social media because no. they just block you. Or st delete you, or, or walk again, away. It's the other things that you, you, you read something in a certain way that's yeah, not you meant to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I dread communicating key decisions by email mm. because it's just a nightmare. Because somebody only has to read a word the wrong way, you end up reading yeah. rereading re your yeah, email yeah, several yeah. times. Make sure you've yeah, and then they become really long because you have to make it really clear. <laughs> and I put happy face in. You know, so don't don't, don't reread that. This is a smiley. This is a thumbs up. Thanks, it's a good thing. Lord for just so you don't get misinterpreted. With a smiley face, and someone's emailed me back and saying, You're taking the piss. And oh. I've got no, but I'm just trying to say, and you think, Oh, oh perhaps that press says, Well, they don't come on, they just think I'm taking the mickey out of them, and they don't bother interacting anymore. So, so moving on next yeah. week, yeah. you've got your big, um, you're launching your your community, your culture, yep, Creative Portsmouth. And just quickly run us through that. And if anybody wants to get involved with it, they've still got time, have they? They still can, they can even turn up on the day and we'll okay. write a badge out for them and get them in because it's free to enter. So it's Portsmouth Kill Hall next week. It's 8 30. Oh, yeah, see, stop moaning. Not an early. 8.30 You're arrival. not an early dude. You Actually, used to be. I am you now, are now an early yeah. person. So the actual start time's 9.15. Okay. Okay, so does that make it a What's little bit better? What's the 8.30? The 8.30. Coffee. It's because people want to come in and network and talk to oh, each other. Oh, okay. So it's the business side of it. So 45 yeah. minutes to come and wake up, and then we're going to start. <laughs> and we've got some keynote speakers sure. doing pretty short speeches, but then Q&As. Yeah. And then we've got a networking session, and we've got a panel discussion, and we've got a graffiti wall, and we've got an wow. artist drawing the day, and we've got some live music and it, we want it to be full of energy and people cre discussing creative opportunities for creative yeah. and cultural industries in the city having a bit of a moan if they want to but if you're just coming along to say when is the council going to do this it's don't because that's about not what culture. it's about it's yeah. about how can the council work with us to make things better because that's a conversation mm. I'll have with anybody always very happy to do that um, and hear from some great keynote speakers mm. Um, about what their thoughts are about incredible the, the ones. Just having a little there's look. Some, got like, it's a really good lineup. I love dust. Obviously, I love dust. Yeah, Portsmouth-based, Portsmouth-based company that yeah, do Mark. worldwide yeah. campaigns that you probably see all the time. But you don't realise. Amazing. Yeah. Published author. We've got Trevor from the who's the dean of CCI at the university in the very building we're sitting right now. Filmmaker. James Sharp, film director. Um, me boring people to tears um, when they show this is true this is true when they show me the running order I cut uh, 15 minutes off my speech and said add it to the networking session it will be more it's much more productive for people to talk to each other and listen to me um, but no so it's going to be a very open dialogue but if people lots of the questions that were submitted in advance were are they one of those when is the council going to and that's not the conversation I can't even I remember what you've made when you when you book, book on to get your tickets mm, you on the bed right you have to write a question I can't even remember what I wrote now 
No one. Well, you might have been one of those people going, when are the council meetings? No, she, she probably said, why is it so early? Yeah, well, probably <laughs> did. Yeah, I suppose that's what it was. But so it's, uh, if people want to rock up from about 8.30, it starts at 9.15. Paulson Guildhall. Paulson Guildhall, in the main hall. Uh, we've got some stalls in there as well, and there's a graffiti wall and an artist drawing the event, so it'll be quite good, it'll be quite good fun. Yeah. Um, and we want it to be really interactive and a positive discussion about how... Because people keep saying to me, when are you going to do a City of Culture bid again? And the answer to that is... When I'm sure mm. that at least 2,000 people in Portsmouth wearing Portsmouth City of Culture bid T-shirts are staring at the big screen, <laughs> we're waiting with bated breath for the decision to be made, all utterly committed to us being the City of Culture. And we've got a journey to go on to get to that point. Do you know what, And though? it needs to start next Thursday. Steve, we are City of Culture. Of course we, we are, which is, why, which is why I've parked that. Yeah. Because I've said, I'm not <laughs> aiming to, to be something. So I've been going around saying to people, Portsmouth is a City of Culture. Yeah. What we need to do is make that really well communicated to everyone else Shout so that when we do apply for it, it we go oh yeah we'll give it to Portsmouth yeah, they're a culture it, city yeah. oh, my, every single hashtag I do on, on a picture yeah. it's got a city of culture absolutely yeah. well, I'll have to start doing that with mine now yeah. uh, 2019 Steve some of the big things that you're looking forward to as part of the city uh, when, when D-Day 75 is going to be a big yeah. one uh, we're the National Centre for Commemoration we should get details of the government within about the next three weeks about what it is they're committing to it they've been a bit vague but then they've got can you walk to the D-Day Museum without crying I can't uh, no it's amazing isn't it oh, it yeah. really amazing. is and we've got the landing craft tank coming that no, was set outside so the D-Day exciting. car park walls the last one in existence June. that was at D-Day so um, the hoardings will start. People see hoardings go up over the next couple of months. We've got to do all the groundworks and get the canopy in, and it's coming in towards the end of the year. We're actually going to land it on the beach. How wow, exciting is that so going to cool. be? The landing wow. craft will land one last time. Uh, we're working with the MOD and that around how that's going to happen. There's tiny little time windows. It's going to all be quite exciting. And we've got a, a company that's coming. They're going to film the whole thing from start to finish. So they will, wow. we'll be able to have a documentary afterwards to see that whole process. So that's yeah. really exciting. We've got the diary of the guy that was the commanding officer the mm. whole time it was in service wow. so that telling that social mm. history narrative around Amazing. that vessel mm. we can do it in really great mm. detail we're in contact with his family members as well and got mm. again all about this bit so that's really exciting um we've obviously got uh, all the regular events like mayor making coming up and there'll be commemoration in the in the Guildhall square later on because now we've got the war memorial opened up and knocked down that horrible old that, pub that um, and you can yeah. see that and there's some more public realm improvement to be done around there so Good. it's a really welcoming space there's sea defence work ongoing. I need everybody to write to the government and tell them that I need 20 million quid to protect <laughs> Southie Castle because it's a national disgrace that they're in the money. And I'm telling everyone Henry I know will, that. Henry will, turn, Henry in will turn in his grave. So would his six wives. <laughs> we need to make really sure that the, the government sees sense and give us that 20 million quid so we've got world-class sea defences. Um, Victoria's back in the summer, obviously, again, getting bigger They're about and to announce their, li their big line-ups, aren't they? I think it's the end of the month, isn't it? I yeah, don't know who you, you I think Darren week, knows. Well, we're holding down later and find out. Yeah. So there's, oh, but there's always something happening in Portsmouth, Darren. <laughs> yeah. Kite Festival will be back again. Beautiful. We've got the bandstand events yeah. coming up. There's always something going on. And the, the, do you know the one comment that I see online that really, still, really annoys on. me is, nothing ever happens in oh, Portsmouth. Don't. It's ridiculous. There's yeah. something to do every day. Entertainment. Yeah. You get to listen to For people like us sake. boring you rigid. <laughs> I mean, where else do you get that? He's a bit complimentary about you. He thinks I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, as always, it's an absolute pleasure, my friend. Uh, we wish you all, all the very, very best in your, in your career. So, are you all up for elections in May? Or oh, you... no, I've got another year, Darren. <laughs> See, people can't get rid of me even if they want to. Until uh, May 2020, I'm up. And if someone wants to write into you, yeah. is there a way, can I, in the show notes, I'll put like a little... Um... They can do that. It's uh, usually email address for all councillors is CLLR and then dot yeah. Steve dot Pitt at PortsmouthCC.gov.uk. Uh, all the contact details on the council website. When we're out knocking doors, I always give people a card as they go and say, if you want to ask why we're doing something or why we're not doing something or you think flipping council, why are they doing that? Get in touch because if you don't tell us, we don't know. And we genuinely do listen to people and take on that feedback. So communicate anytime. And if you like. can't get through Steve, just give me a call and I'll give him his mobile number. Yeah, you could, you could do that as well. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time out. I know you're so busy. It's good to see you both. See you Thank soon. You Thank you. Cheers.